This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. Welcome, this is A Little Pot of Joy with your host, Andrea. Our community is made up of so many amazing and diverse groups of people, as are the programs on Joy 94.9. There is something there for everyone. A Little Pot of Joy is where we highlight just some of these amazing programs. We would like to show our respect and acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land of elders past and present of the Kulin Nation, whose land we are broadcasting from. We're opening the evening with a podcast from QNN, Community News. News and information for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and intersex communities of Australia and the world. So if you missed the QNN highlights, podcasts are available for download from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash QNN or download them from the iTunes store. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. Made in Melbourne for Australia and the world. This is the Joy 94.9 GLBTIQ News Roundup. A weekly update of what's been happening in the gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans and intersex communities. Hello and welcome to QNN. I'm Alistair Kingston. And I'm Adam Samuel. The 38th annual Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras wrapped up on Saturday, March 5 with the traditional parade. In terms of numbers, 12,500 participants marched as part of 178 floats, which included half a tonne of glitter, all watched by an estimated 300,000 spectators. Malcolm Turnbull became the first sitting Prime Minister to attend a Mardi Gras parade, though as the local federal MP, he's been going for many years. Opposition leader Bill Shorten marched in the parade for the first time and the National Rugby League also supported a float along with the perennial favourites the Dykes on Bikes the 78ers and more marching boys and girls than you could shake a stick at The very next morning after Mardi Gras Australian Attorney General George Brandis told the media that plebiscite on same-sex marriage would be held much sooner than expected So as we can have the plebiscite before the end of this year and in the event that there were to be a yes vote the government would legislate to give effect to the wishes of the people However the PM's office refused to back Brandis's timeline saying the plebiscite would be held as soon as possible after the next election, while Treasurer and opponent of same-sex marriage Scott Morrison said the timing hadn't been set, urging opponents of marriage equality to speak out. Human rights groups say the government is refusing to help two gay refugees who are sent to a country where homosexuality is illegal. The plight of the two refugees who met and fell in love at the Nauru detention camp was highlighted this week when it was reported they were prisoners in their home, unable to go out in public after being previously bashed and abused because of their sexuality. They also potentially face up to 14 years jail. The government says refugees at Nauru can apply to be resettled in Cambodia, but few have given concerns about human rights issues, high poverty levels and no refugee settlement experience. A Mormon church leader's claimed there are no homosexuals in the religion, with David A. Bedner saying that while some have challenges in the flesh, that doesn't count as a sexuality because Mormons will try and cure them. It comes after the church rolled out a harsh new anti-LGBT policy last year, which expelled children of gay parents from the church unless they disavow their parents' relationships. The comments might come as a surprise to the many openly gay Mormons, like the thousands of people who rallied outside the church last year when the
the new anti-gay policy was implemented. A Catholic school in New South Wales has cancelled a speaking visit from an award-winning gay author of young adult books. Will Kostakis, 26, came out as gay on his blog last week. He says the school, which he'd previously successfully spoken at, told him the cancellation was because of his new book, which includes a gay character and has been deemed not appropriate. And briefly now, the Chinese government has banned all depictions of gay people on television as part of a cultural crackdown on vulgar, immoral and unhealthy content. Thousands of gay rights activists and LGBT families rallied in Rome to protest against the watering down of Italy's civil unions bill, which no longer includes adoption rights for same-sex couples. And Star Wars actor Mark Hamill has weighed into discussions about a gay character in the fictional universe, saying if fans want to think Luke Skywalker's gay, then he is. The New South Wales government has formally apologised to the participants of Sydney's first gay and lesbian Mardi Gras. In a statement made with bipartisan support, Liberal MP Bruce Notley-Smith apologised not only on behalf of Parliament, but also for himself as an out gay man, saying the actions of the 70 activists and their supporters on that night in June 1978 had been vindicated. A preview this week of what the No campaign in the proposed plebiscite on same-sex marriage could look like. Prepared and funded by former Tasmanian Liberal MP Chris Miles, a series of pamphlets, which have not yet been distributed, seek to sow doubts about the social impact of legalising same-sex marriage, arguing children may be abused and neglected. Australian Marriage Equality's Rodney Croom says it's just the start of the anti-gay misinformation campaign that millions of Australians will have to endure if the government proceeds with the plebiscite. The Federal Coalition's first openly gay MP, Dean Smith, has called on his colleagues to show more support and empathy for young people in the heated debate about the Safe Schools anti-bullying program. Meantime, the Foundation for Young Australians, which coordinates the Safe School program, has rejected suggestions it taught inappropriate material, saying the inaccurate claims are disturbing and deeply hurtful to the young people the program works to support. Indonesia's LGBT community are struggling to make sense of a sudden rise in anti-gay sentiment. In recent weeks, a former government minister has called for homosexuals to be killed, a leading psychiatric organisation has labelled transgenderism a mental disorder, and protests in Yogyakarta included signs claiming LGBT is a disease. It's not known what's prompted the wave of homophobia, but one of Indonesia's LGBT support groups say its members are on high alert and fearful of violence. Hollywood and social media were set abuzz after singer Sam Smith appeared to claim in his Oscars acceptance speech that he was the first openly gay man to win one. I read an article a few months ago by Sir Ian McKellen and he said that no openly gay man had ever won an Oscar. I want to dedicate this to the LGBT community all around the world. However, McKellen actually said no openly gay man had won the Best Actor Award. Previous out winners include Elton John, Alan Ball, Bill Condon, as well as Dustin Lance Black, who threw a bit of shade, tweeting if Smith doesn't know who he is, perhaps he should stop texting his fiance, diver Tom Daly. It wasn't the only controversy of Oscar night, with the decision not to allow all nominated Best Song singers to perform raising a few eyebrows, including those of transgender nominee Anomi. And briefly now, Star Wars The Force Awakens director J.J. Abrams says he could see a future for a gay character in the series. And now with this week's QNN Sport, here's Tanya Lewis. Two of the oldest LGBT rugby union teams played off this week to celebrate their history in gay sport. The London Kings Cross Steelers took on the Manchester Village Spartans to celebrate the 20th anniversary of their inclusion in LGBT rugby. In Australia, the Noosa Dolphins also clashed with the Brisbane Hustlers as part of a Sunshine Coast Pride event. Premier League soccer club Chelsea has launched a new gay supporters network for fans. The club says it will assist long-time supporters like Ed Connell in setting up the framework alongside the gay football supporters network. Chelsea joins the Queen's Park Rangers and Manchester United who recently launched historic partnerships
partnerships with LGBT clubs London Titans FC and Stonewall FC. British diver Tom Daly has qualified for two events at this summer's Olympics in Rio de Janeiro. Daly and partner Daniel Goodfellow won bronze in the 10-metre synchronised event at the Diving World Cup in Rio this week, while Daly also qualified for the 10-metre platform event in August. And finally, swimmer Ian Thorpe has revealed that when he came out in 2014, he felt pushed and wasn't ready. Thorpe added himself to British TV host Sir Michael Parkinson, but told the Daily Telegraph he wasn't 100% sure about his sexuality when he did. Now that he's content within himself, Thorpe is working on a new three-part ABC program called The Bully Project, which looks at the issue of bullying in Queensland schools. Thanks, Tanya. And that's what's been making LGBT headlines for another week. I'm Alastair Kingston. And I'm Adam Samuel. You're listening to Joy 94.9 with Andrea, and this is a little part of Joy. Next from one of our resting programs, Wet Spot, Masturbation, Let Your Fingers Do the Walking. This, this one's for the girls. Last week we had one for the boys. Sammy is joined by the fabulous Miss Lisa Skye to discuss all things masturbation, the hows, the whys, and should we do it more. If you can't listen to the show live, download the podcast from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash the wet spot or the iTunes store. You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. In the wet spot, get ready to get moist, ladies. It's all about masturbation. It's the game everyone can play. And my beautiful co-host for this evening is Lisa Sky. Hi there. We, we're going to have so much fun tonight. But we're going to have a look at this, I think, from every angle possible, aren't we, Lisa? <laughs> now, of course, the reason that we decided was to talk about masturbation is because this show is about sex, sexuality and sensuality for all women who love women under the rainbow. Mm. And the reality is, is for you to actually be able to say to your love, this is what I like. It starts at home, doesn't it? It really does. And I think there's a lot of strange hang-ups that come from nowhere as far as all this stuff goes. Uh, like a perfect example is wanking in front of your partner. That's one of my favourite things. Like I love, love, love watching mm. my partner, you know, play with themselves. It's so super hot and also informative. If I forget, like, because like, I just get like so in, like turned on by the show and so enjoying it that I'm like, wait, 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 remember that, that speed, that, you know, uh, pressure. Yes, okay. Because I'm always so caught up. But and yet and I think a lot of people feel like that. A lot of people enjoy watching their partner get themselves off. But when it comes to them doing it for their partner, they feel I guess embarrassed or shamed mm. or something strange. I think it's because uh, you know, women a long time, I mean, you know, there's been studies done and it's only less than sixty percent of women admit to masturbating. Joa! I know. And so like how many of them are actually lying about it or are the numbers? is really that small. It's a very interesting thought, isn't it? And I have this theory on it, right? So mm. we talk about when people, when we talk about uh, pu- reaching puberty. Mm. So when boys reach puberty, it's all about their sexuality. It's all about you're going to get a hard on, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, you know, don't have a wank in public. Yeah, With girls, gonna it's, yeah, stuff's going to come out. It's right there for them to see. Yeah. With girls, it's very, very medical. It's almost like when that sex- our sexuality is taken off the table from yeah. the minute that we're... St- we start to develop it. So do you think, I've, you know, to me, that's possibly where some of 
of the shame's actually coming from because we're actually taught at the from the start that we can't actually talk about exploring our own bodies. Yeah, yeah. Well, the stuff that comes out of us isn't out of joy; it's out of just obligation. <laughs> <laughs> so, like menstrual blood versus sperm. Um, mm, I know what I'd like to paint with, but nonetheless, anyway. <laughs> She's just gone to a whole other place. <laughs> Look, I'm just being an artist, you know, artistic. It's all about performance <laughs> art, isn't it? Yes. Sure, performance art. Performance art. Well, I, the other thing I would love to know is how many of our ladies out there have ever taken a hand mirror and had a serious look mm. about what you'd look like? Now, you know, like the reality is, is of course, we talk about boys and their sexual organs and it's there for the world to see. Yeah. But as girls, we don't get to see it very really unless uh, you've had a good look at it in the mirror. Yeah, yeah. And see, again, I mean, I've never met a vagina I didn't like. No. I think they're all beautiful. Oh like, God, all yeah. vulvas are so spectacular. My favourite person in the entire world was once asked to um, uh, describe to a blind person what a vagina looks like, and they said, angry meat flower, which I think is beautiful. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, like, I don't, uh, I don't know a lot of people outside of my, um, I'll say coven, my coven mm. of perverts and queers and weirdos that actually know exactly what their bits look like. And now with modern technology, you don't even need a mirror. You just need your iPhone. Delete it straight away, of course, because, mm. you know, internet. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah we, we don't encourage people to put anything out there in the ether because once no. it's there, there's no getting it back. New, no, which is why I don't have Snapchat because I have a lover who um, Snapchats with all their friends. That's how they communicate mm. because they're 26. And uh-huh. um, I know that I can't because for every sober picture on Snapchat I'll send, it's like, oh, me just looking cute. Here's an interesting mm. dog. Oh, we're enjoying. Is me on still knocks the next day going, you know what's awesome? My vagina. Everyone <laughs> on my address list should see it. And all the bits around it. Check out my you know, so yes. that's why I don't have Snapchat kids. I uh, know. But yeah, so I, because I've, I've actually taken, yeah, taken photos of mine to just like really, you know, because in a mirror, you can, you still got a distance thing, you know. Um, and you've got to get the angles right because. You do. And the have, lighting. Yes. The lighting. So I, I mean, when I first, when I first did it, um, and this will be wildly informative for anyone, uh, and especially, you know, because uh, being a fat chick, it's also hard to get angles and stuff. Um, so, you know, just. Get a mirror. Don't freak out if you get a magnified mirror because that happened to me. And basically, it was just like, like oh, cool, cool. Okay, let's see my vagina. Just like, Wah! I'm like, oh, oh god, what? <laughs> because because my labia was about, oh, I'm gonna say nine inches long in the mirror. Oh, girl, <laughs> yeah, it was a because see, you know me, I'm a drag queen. I like my heavily magnified <laughs> surfaces so I can get my on point winged eyeliner. Not so good for looking evolver like that. Um, but yeah, get a torch, get a mirror, and just have at it. And then if you want a closer look, take a photo on your phone, delete it straight afterwards. Interesting. The thing is, I suppose, is we ha- we have to um you know when we talk about how important it is for us to get to know our own bodies so then we can tell our lovers what feels good Mm. it's not just getting to know on what feels right but on what you know how do you know like okay you can uh turn the lights off and close your eyes and you know how you feel Mm. but to be able to have a really good look at yourself 
yourself and understand where everything is. Exactly. Because they're they're like fingerprints. Yeah. Every vagina is different. Yeah, and every clit is different. Like some of them move Mm. around, some of them are uh, huge. I'm very well endowed. I'm very proud of that. (laughs) Uh, And some of them are very, very small. You know, it's it's kind of, um, it's a real, and, and, and the pressure, my God. I have accidentally, I don't know if we'll get time to talk about this, but the last two girls I've slept with have been straight. It's an accident. I'm not trying to convert. I'm not interested in that. It's just been this weird thing where the last two girls I've had sex with are straight. Um, but yeah, I, I um, it, it's a, it's 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 a matter of kind of knowing exactly what pressure they like too, mm. because the last few girls I've been with have liked it super rough. Yes. terrifyingly rough which there's nothing wrong with that because if that's your thing yeah girlfriend you rock it but then you have to really specify if you're you know like if you're going down a girl who's like harder 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 mm. and then so you are obliging mm. then when you swap around you've got to say oh hey sweetie by the way uh no the exact opposite yeah <laughs> yeah yes. what you like is not what i like <laughs> in any way tonight we're getting all moist me and lisa sky in the studio aren't we darling wow <laughs> Well, tonight it's all about masturbation. It's all about loving yourself for yourself, I think. And it's Mm. about sort of being able to say to the ladies, you know what? It's not something that we – the the boys have just – the boys don't have the corner on the market Mm. because – you know, we totally do. And it's about sisters saying, you know what, girl, go out there and own your body and, uh, you know, know what feels good and rock it. Yes. And we can we can wink so much more efficiently, like female, you know, kind of um, biological. Fe- oh, this is in a really difficult spot I'm getting myself into. Anyway, I have a vagina. I can wank a lot more um, efficiently than someone without a vagina because there's not as much mess because I'm not a squirter. But also I can do it heaps more. Well, that's right. And, you know, and the only time it's the only time, you know, they go, you know, how much until you hurt yourself. If you start to feel sore, then, you know, you just have to take a break, even for a little while. Oh, I just had a memory. <laughs> when oh, God, when, when I was a teenager and mm. I, I first started wanking and, you know, with me, everything becomes, you know, like a, a treat, then a habit, then an addiction. Yeah. And I can. I yeah. Hear you. And so when you start wanking, you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I used to do it with um, I, I couldn't do it with my fingers yet. Like, like I would, I would just get a pillow with like frills because I had this little princess bedroom, mm. and I was oh god, I would have been fourteen, fifteen, and um, I, I'd like to stimulate myself with this frilly pillow. But I did it so much sometimes that I would like actually make myself bleed because there was no lubrication. You know, mm. pillows ain't giving you no lube. No, you know, whereas you can like lick your fingers or use lube or whatever if you're doing it manually That's or right. if you're doing it with gloves, which I like because I'm a latex guy. Um, and yeah, like so, I have literally whacked it to shreds when I was a teenager <laughs> on more than one occasion. <laughs> and there's nothing like the horror of coming and then when you're a teenager, you know, with this new amazing trick, and then looking and just seeing like a bloodstained pillow, you're like, oh god, oh, what have I done to my brain? Yeah, now you, yeah, that's when you have to sort of say, well, you know, and just take a break for a little while, girl. <laughs> You're hilarious. Uh, the one thing that I really love is we get to the stage where, you know, we hear about wanking and mm. um, jacking off and all that sort of stuff, and it's always this very male language, and I think that's why with women that masturbation has just sort of been sort of this horror and this underground movement, yeah. and this, we can't talk about it, because all of the language around masturbation is so masculinized. Yeah. And I think that's why when we talk about wanking, is it's about us girls actually taking back the language for ourselves and saying, girls, you sit at home and 
and you have a wank at night. And mm. it, it doesn't mean because you've got a penis. And if you do, well, hey, that's, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's it's about you sort of saying we, we want to take back the language and own it for us girls. Very much, very much. And I know that, like, you know, in, in high school, uh, if you're in a mixed group, mm. all the boys will talk about is wanking. And the girls in this, like, weird heteronormative mating dance display will either pretend or be genuinely horrified by that. And it's it happens in like every you know you look at every cultures kind of, all around the world yeah, yeah. and it's like ha ha wanking 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 the girls going oh you can't say that's disgusting um, yeah it's it's a weird inequitable thing and I mean I don't know I don't know if every you know if ninety percent of guys you know teenage boys wank and if only twenty percent of teenage girls wank I don't know but it's still. It's a very troubling uh, rift, I guess. I think it's more, um, again, it comes down to is, uh, you know, a lot of the times through sex education and everything, it's always been spoken about as a boy thing because, you know, mm. the boys are the ones that make the mess and the boys are the ones that get the hard-ons in class and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like we could have been sitting there in class, you know, in our teenage years and eyeing off some cute girl across the room yes. and starting to sort of, you know, feel a bit moist and yes. whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay, we can probably hide it a little bit better and we can sort of run off to the toilets and dry ourselves off and then mm. go home and think about it later that night. But the amount of girls that would go, oh, yes, no, I would never have masturbated about while thinking about the cute girl I was looking at or Jesus. my teacher or whatever. Yeah. Because we never had permission to actually talk about it. Yeah. So it was this whole, um, you know, dirty underground, you know, suppression of our sexuality, which is why, you know, for us to be able to sit on air and go, you know, you girls have got to own your body. Because, mm. you know, if you don't know what feels good to yourself, how are you going to be able to tell your lover what's too soft and what's too hard if you haven't experimented with different pressures yourself? Yes. My ex-girlfriend has this amazing um, analogy she uses. Oh, she's just the best. Um, uh, she says it's like, for her, it's like a blueberry. So you don't want to crush the blueberry? So just treat it like you're rubbing a beautiful ripe blueberry. <laughs> And I think that's just the most lovely, evocative. And now blueberry handling is my default setting with new partners. <laughs> so, because I, I mean, I'm super sensitive. So mm. I'm always forever being told harder, 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 which is weird considering what a sadistic bastard I am in every other area of the body, mm-hmm. especially this bit, this upper arm bit. Mm. Love that bit because it, oh, it's very sensitive and it's people make a noise um going off track she's just <laughs> well you know what you can the thing is is all of these great thoughts that you have inside your head is what mm. you use and the other thing that i've found is when i'm talking to a lot of girls about masturbation is they actually go oh but i don't do that or if you say to your lover i want you to show me what you like mm. so then i can then work out you know How's, how's best for you? And as you said before, you know, masturbation is all about, you know, pleasing yourself, but there is nothing more wonderful than having a gorgeous woman in front of you. Yes. Yes. Doing that, having a <laughs> wank, basically, isn't it? Yeah. It's so lovely. <sighs> um, Being able to share. Yeah, very much. And I think on that, like, um, like with fantasies and stuff, I, I know that once I gave myself permission or I accepted that what I fantasize about, uh, doesn't necessarily and sometimes can't possibly happen in the real world, uh, then one wanks way more effectively as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't have to think about when you're wanking, you don't have to think about um, safe, sane and consensual as long as you acknowledge, okay, this is a fantasy. It will always only be a fantasy. It will always only be in my head. Then you can just go off chops. 
Well, and that's right. And I think it's about it's about being able to, you know, because as women we can be, you know, men, you know, this is generalising, men can be very visual is, is why we always talk about, you know, men using pornography a mm, lot mm. Um, as a masturbation tool. Mm. Well, you know, hey, I can just go, maybe that's because of, you know, high levels of testosterone in the way that my brain operates. But I actually find being able to, you know, being able to watch porn and masturbation is just amazing. Yes. But the amount of women that I go, well, you go, okay, they're not going to actually talk about, you know, when we were doing research for this show, mm. one, women are not going to admit that they watch porn. And yeah. two, they're not going to admit they're masturbating. So they're also not going to admit they're going to watch porn and masturbate at the same time. <laughs> it's just like, really, girl, you're telling me that you've never done it. Mm. See, yeah, and it's also about, I mean, what... What works? I mean, I, I too love porn, but I'm also like chock full of testosterone as well. Uh, no, but, really? Yeah. <laughs> but like people like say, um, oh, there's an erotic uh, literature writer, Amy Nichols, uh, who does amazing, amazing yes. work. Yeah, mm. love her. And um, yeah, so so it's also about finding what works for you, whether it is uh, visual stuff like porn or whether it's reading or whether it's even audio stuff. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Like, I mean, I went to porn, but I also uh, in my real life encounters the thing i wank to afterwards uh is what's said and stuff for some reason like words to me are really hot um yeah and i think that comes down to again we can look about um broadly how our brains work is some people are more audio learners and some people are more visual learners Mm, so again mm. you have to sort of think about well is that how your brain works when it actually comes to masturbation is Um, what actually works for you visually and what actually works for you on the level of sound as well. Mm, mm. (gasps) It's just so amazing, isn't it? You're listening to Joy 94.9 with Andrea and this is a little pot of joy. Next from CNC Dry Factory, more cane and saving whales. In this segment, the boys will be discussing important things like what did the celebrities really ask for before they went into the jungle? The Weekly World News has, has yet made another surprise reappearance. They will tell you how your porn addiction is now good for the world and what to do when a cow comes crashing through your roof late at night. If you can't listen to the show live, download the podcast from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash CNC Drive Factory or from the iTunes store. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. And I will say, in case you've missed it, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, is actually on at the moment. Mm. There are other things on television besides My Kitchen Rules. Yes. Just pointing this out to people. I'm a celebrity's rating okay. It's doing it? all right. It's beating um, Australia's Got Talent. Right. But it's getting killed by... MKR. MKR, which right. I really hate. I love it. I'm still going to say it. <laughs> Julia Morris is my favourite host on television still. Even when she was doing Australia's Got Talent. Well, she was... Anyway, she was better than Husey. Um, but they've actually got, got hold of some of the uh, initial demands or... Um, requests that some of the celebrities put in there prior to them going into the jungle. Right. They said, look, you know, can I? Can I? I know we're in the jungle, but can I have this? Right. Now, first up, Val Lehman, who I will say I have so much respect for now. She's as tough as the character she played in Prisoner, I tell you. I know. She's a a good old son. She is brilliant. Nothing phases that woman. And I mean nothing. But... What she actually asked producers if she could have prior to going in was um, she has a backpack. Mm. They get backpacks. And she did ask if they could uh, fill her backpack with cask wine. <laughs> Look, I can respect that <laughs> request. And you can just imagine Val saying that too, <laughs> <Yes>. can't you? <laughs> um, 
then uh, Lorena. Lorena, yes, yeah, the model. Know. Yeah, well, no. Look, what? Whatever the hell she is. She's the one who was on The Bachelor, apparently. That's she's right. one of the losers from The Bachelor. Um, her request was that she would get a spray tan every few days in the jungle. To what? So that was actually her request before going to in. To get her spray tan yeah, done. every few days. I'm pretty sure they told her to get stuffed, and if you say us again, perhaps, you're out of perhaps, the jungle. Perhaps if they explained that when you, when you, when you wash in offal, it'll probably come off. <laughs> She's got too much dignity for that, all <laughs> no, right? Not to eat it. <laughs> I can't stand her. And Anthony Kalea. Yeah. Oh, what, what do oh, you our think, What do you think his request was before going into the jungle? Well, he'd want his phone and his ciggies, probably, but... No, no, no. 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 That wasn't it. No, no, they are... The smokers are allowed to smoke. Oh, are they? There's a special little spot that they're allowed to smoke oh. off screen. That's the oh. one thing they're all allowed to do if that was smokers before. Oh. Uh, no, no. Anthony Kalia asked for a box that so he could stand on it during... <laughs> During some of the close-up shots, so he would appear taller. (laughs) And judging from all the close-up shots, they didn't give it to him. Oh, my God. No. You made that up. No. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, great show. You should be watching it. Yeah. CNC Drive Factory presents the weekly world news headlines. The world's only reliable news. A Cameroonian family, that's Cameroonian family, has moved out of their house after a live cow came crashing through their roof. It was midnight and the family was in the lounge room watching an Adam Sandler movie, poor things, when the cow crashed through the roof, landing right in front of them. It turns out the cow was able to walk onto their roof due to the design of the house. Convinced the house is cursed, the family have now moved out. The cow, who was unharmed, just shocked, has decided to move to the now abandoned home. Its first job was to smash the Adam Sandler DVD. The world's stupidest woman has had her Facebook friends tattooed on her arm. Yes, a woman in Holland, known only by her screen name of SusieJ87, has had her profile pictures of all 152 Facebook friends tattooed on her arm as a sleeve. We don't know if her friends are flattered, really scared, or now possibly dead, but we hope that none defriend her. That could be a problem. A Parisian woman got the shock of her life. She was dining in a ritzy restaurant and enjoying her lobster thermidor. Unfortunately, with one fork load of meat, she found a human eye staring back at her. She's now suing the restaurant for 1.9 million euros, claiming she can no longer eat. Police and the local health inspector were on the site quickly and confirmed, yes, it was a human eye. But how it got in the meal was a mystery. The police said no one who works in the restaurant nor any of the diners were missing an eyeball. So yes, it's a real mystery. Police are calling on anyone who's recently lost an eyeball to contact them immediately. A US woman has been arrested and charged with trying to sell her one-year-old child. Turns out she was trying to sell him for five grand to pay for a nose job. The unnamed woman, whose nose does look like nose does look like a witch's, has said, I've been taking care of that boy for 24 hours a day for nearly a year. I want to do something for me for a change. The child is now expected to be placed with Madonna, who has agreed to pay the full asking price. That was the weekly world news. Your only reliable news. Would you like to hear uh, something about porn? 
let's, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> not admitting anything. Now, n- and notice, Tristan has just left the room because he, he had to go to and have a look at some porn. Doesn't want to hear. Uh, no, no, he's gone off to watch some. And Adam Samuel is, of course, an aficionado of the pornography. How do but you now, know? Because he told me. Oh. Now, pornography, it is now the way to save whales. And I mean the ones that swim in the water. Out in the oceans, all right? Really? Not the other kind. Really? How, how is... Uh, I need this connection, please. Well, see? Now your porn addiction can save the whales. Okay. In a month-long well, event, it's... the porn site Pornhub is donating... Wait for this amount. Like, it's, it's astonishingly large, this amount, which would be funny for a porn site. They are <laughs> donating one cent, right? A whole cent yes. for every... 2,000 videos that are watched. Right. See, oh, it, they are so generous. To the spirit of generosity of one cent per 2,000 videos. Fantastic. Mm. Mm. Well, do they have, like, millions admittedly, of streams? Admittedly, that... 79 billion videos on were watched <laughs> on their website in 2014. Okay, well, that's not so bad then. So they're hoping you won't raise 30 grand for the whales. Oh. Okay. Well, that'll keep one whale in food for a day. Mm. Well, it'll keep one or two away from the Japanese. That's all we can say. Yeah. So if you are watching porn, it's for the whales. That's what you can say to people. Think of the whale. 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 You're listening to Joy 94.9 with Andrea. And this is a little part of Joy. Next from Q Country, True North, the Stetson family. Nat Budge, lead singer of the Stetson family, describes the development of the album True North and of the group in live conversation with Chris. True North is a gorgeous album from the finely honed pen of the band to the Dylan cover. If you can't listen to the show live, download the podcast from Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash qcountry or from the iTunes store. You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. Hi, this is Mad Budge from the Stetson family and you're listening to Q Country on Joy 94.9. The bartender pour me a strong one I got me a pocket full of cash This race ain't gonna be a long one Gonna be more like a 50 yard In 2011, the Statson family released their landmark album, Devil and His Sunday Best. Four years later, they're back with a new album sounding better than ever. We caught up recently with Mad Budge, front person for the band, to talk about the new album. Thank you for, for making some time for us. We really do appreciate it. Oh, that's an absolute pleasure. So it's been a long time since the last album. True North, mm-hmm. tell us about the album. Our third album, the third album from my band, The Statson Family. And, yeah, our last one, The Devil and His Sunday Best, was put out in 2011. And so, what's that? It's been, yeah, three and a half years 
in the making for this one, or not three and a half years in the making, but since that, we had we actually had um, a couple of the guys in the band get quite ill, and so we had to stop playing for a while and stop touring and doing all of that sort of stuff. And in that time, which was back in 2013, uh, I took that time to uh, independently release an album over in the United States, and uh, which kind of surprisingly went off really well and hit some charts and then the pressure was on to make a new album so we got back into the studio had written a bunch of songs and got back and and recorded all of that and then put this one out and uh, we launched it just last weekend here in Melbourne The album features 10 original tracks and two covers, one by the Stanley Brothers, the other by the incredible Mr. Bob Dylan. Can you tell us about that track? Well, that's just one of our, or one of my favourite songs. I don't know if you've ever seen the film Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. It was a film that came out back in the 70s and it starred Bob Dylan and Chris Christopherson and uh, Bob Dylan wrote uh, the soundtrack for it. And there's just a song on it called Billy and it's in variations. There's Billy 1, Billy 2, Billy 3, Billy 4 and we've done a version of Billy 4 just because it's long been one of my favourite songs. And uh, so we decided to, yes, pay the licensing fees and make it all legit so that we could put uh, a, a cover on our album. Let's hear a piece of that now from the album True North. This is the Stetson Family. You're on Joy 94.9. Billy and you're going on alone. They say that Pat Garrett's got your number. So sleep with one eye open when you slumber. Cause Australian sound in country music continues to grow abroad. How do you feel about Australiana in the Americana space? The Australian platform for music over there is really growing. For instance, next month there's the Americana Music Festival in in Nashville and we're going over, I'm going over, not with the band, but my partner and her band are going over. That's Tracy McNeil and Good Life. They've got a showcase. Well, they're, they're doing the Sounds Australia platform over there. People like Liz Stringer are going over and we're all meeting up. So there's lots of Australians who are being showcased at the Americana Music Festival. And that's alongside people like Gillian Welsh and Lucinda Williams and, and uh, Emmy Lou Harris. They're all people that sit very squarely in that Americana genre over there. We know your sound here as Americana. How do you feel about being positioned in the bluegrass space with its long-held traditions? It's funny, the bluegrass thing, we don't fit squarely into the bluegrass genre. What what people call bluegrass over here is probably a bit different to what is called or what is bluegrass 
in America and why we're called bluegrass here is because of the instrumentation. So it's mandolin, double bass, banjo, guitar and dobro, which are all traditional instruments. But over there in the States, their bluegrass music sits very much to a form. We go outside of that form. It really kind of steps over the line into what's now called Americana or alt country music. So over there, we're yeah, we're still bluegrass over there and people call us bluegrass here. So we're just not cheeky enough to say, hey, we're bluegrass players because all the players over there have grown up with this music just coursing through their veins. They've been playing since they were born and we picked it up. Um, in 2008 so when the, the band first um, got together so before that back in the 80s the other mem- two other members of the band and myself we were in a, a synth pop band that was like Duran Duran um, so we wouldn't dare call ourselves bluegrass players if you get my drift when it looks at a your album, now you've had some distance from it. Any personal <laughs> favourites? Uh, there is one song on it that is very special to me called Every Second Beat of My Heart and it's got um, the wonderful Susanna Espy doing harmonies on it. And uh, it's a ballad. This one, it's a, it's a ballad. But one of the reasons why it is special, when we've played it live, I've looked out and there's been people with tears in their eyes or tears running down their face. So there's something very special about a song that connects with people and makes them feel something. And then at the other end, there's songs like Bartender, which is the opening track on the album, Hey Bartender. And that's that's your Friday night, end of the week drinking song. And uh, that's also a bit of a favourite. Great fun to play. From the album True North, this is The Stetson Family. You're on Joy 94.9. Country with Chris on Joy 94.9. We are joined by Stetson family front person, Nad Budge. True North is a wonderful album. You must be very proud. You start getting the feedback. Or once it's out there, yes, it's an, it's an amazing feeling to actually get something finished. And then a couple of weeks later, you get it back and all the artwork's done and it gets delivered back to you and it's a finished product. And you're holding it in your hand. You're holding your own album with its beautiful artwork in your hand. And that is a wonderful feeling. And then last week when we went and launched it here in Melbourne and we sold out, everybody was just so friendly and it was such a wonderful afternoon. And then people say nice things to you. and We feel like we're putting nice stuff out into the world and it's making people happy. And so we couldn't be happier with it. 
Now, if our fans would like to get in touch via social media for the Stetson family, how can they do that? They can go to our website at www.thestetsonfamily.com or you can join us on Facebook, Google the Stetson Family Facebook. It'll pop up on Twitter, all that kind of stuff that you have to have these days. Absolutely. Um, Thank you again for your time. Congratulations on the album. We're big, big fans. Thank you and thank the band. Just outstanding. You for Prime Minister. (laughs) (laughs) You're wonderful. Have a safe trip and please, we'll be in touch. I would love you to come and co-host when you're back. Love to. All right, be well. That's a guarantee. Terrific. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's hear from the album True North. You're on Joy 94.9. Get out, boys. Go back home. Back to the girl you love. Treat her right. Never wrong. That's how mountain girls can love. You're listening to Joy 94.9 with Andrea. And this has been a little part of Joy. We've come to the end of another evening of a little pot of joy. Unfortunately, Chris wasn't able to be with us this evening as she's injured her arm, and I'm sure we all wish her the best with her recovery, and hopefully she'll be back very soon. There are so many more programs on Joy 94.9, producing a diverse range of content and podcasts. Even your favourite program from the past will have a podcast, so you can go back and listen to your favourite joy moments. You can find the complete podcast from tonight's show on the Joy website, joy.org.au or download them from the iTunes store. You've been listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. See joy.org.au and click on our podcast link to subscribe to your favourite podcasts free. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.